Lords. Thank you, unbelievable worship team. Um, David, Jessica, entire team, I love you. I'm still waiting on you to ask me to join the worship team, but you never have. That's fine, I'll sing louder than you in heaven. The Lord took me to, to Luke chapter 7 a few moments ago. Because I heard this scripture over and over in my spirit. So before I announce what I'm preaching, I must read this scripture to you. Because he spoke it to me as I stood right there. Because if we're not careful in this house, you're in such a safe environment that has been fought for for generations. But clearly throughout this revival that is very pure and very real. And you need to understand that God is establishing your reputation around America. They are going to get on planes to come here. They're going to come and see what's going on. Because what you have chose to do here, you have not bought a piece of real estate. You've bought a piece of heaven. But as I was standing over there, the scripture overwhelmed me. And I thought about this scripture. And it's Luke, the seventh chapter, looking at verse 31. Jesus went on to say, to what can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you. You did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. I heard the Lord speak to me down here, and I'm going to move into the word in just a moment. But he simply said to me, who will protect my little ones? And I want to warn you as I move into this word, because this is a brand new message. I've never shared this before with anyone. But there's some of you that are going to feel a stirring in your spirit to protect your home and protect this house. And I am sending out a clarion call that there's another level of revival that you have not seen yet. And with that will come another level of attack. But you need to understand as I move into this word, this is probably one of the most different messages of, you know, traveling 3 million miles around the earth. Last weekend we were in Singapore. I mean, we just got home a couple days ago. Karen sends you her love, by the way, where we saw thousands of lives touched in Singapore. It was, it was an unbelievable move of God. And we flew home and got home on Tuesday uh, or Monday night, something like that. And, and God began to awaken me and speak to me about this service. So I must share a message called the ministry of the midwife. Now you need to understand, I've never given birth. I had a kidney stone once. I named him. Kept him for the longest time till Karen threw him away. I was in labor with that brother for three days. Amen. I mean, it's, I, I literally dressed him. Amen. But I've never given birth. But I do have a, a son, Nate, who's uh, uh, 27 years old. We have our beautiful daughter, Abigail. And I'll never forget when Nate was born. It, I went through a lot. Yeah. Almost as much as Karen. But I remember when, when I held him for the first time, when I drove home from the hospital, I got pulled over by the police for sporadic driving. True story. Driving back to the hospital after I went home and took a shower, got pulled over again. I just couldn't calm down. Lost a hubcap. True story. But I remember when they handed me Nate, something came alive in me that had not existed yet. I love it when single pastors or single people try to say that they understand what it means to be a father to a generation. They have no concept yet, but they will. Whether natural or adoption, whatever it might be, I understand both. But I must share a word that was birthed that was very, very different. And this message is for those that are in the waiting. 
This message is going to be part of what God is saying. If you will protect this revival, if you'll be a part of this thing, but it really speaks to your home, but it speaks to this house. And I want you to jump over to Exodus chapter 1, verse 20, and I'll come back to Luke 7 in a few moments, and you'll understand why I'm tying that in. But this is the scripture that God took me to, and we'll go deeper into it in a moment. But the Bible says, and again, I'm preaching a message called the ministry of the midwife, and so I need you to understand that I, I must warn you that many will hear this message, whether in this room or via internet or, or YouTube or whatever, and they're going to dismiss it as a message that does not apply to them. I've already qualified the fact that I don't know what it means to give birth in the natural. Some will hear this message and they'll dismiss it as a charismatic, hyped message best left for a small group of people that gather zealously and they really don't have a life outside. Some will dismiss what I'm about to preach and say, it's, this doesn't apply to me, but I ask you to listen closely because you need to understand, for Satan always desires to abort all that is birth of the Spirit. He will stop short of nothing except the total annihilation of what God desires to do. And some of you have been in a war. You'll hear about it tomorrow night as I share uh, about what God walked Karen and I through this last year when the Lord radically healed her of leukemia and some other things just attacked. See, I've learned that on the other side of your battle is a Savior screaming, I was there in the battle. I will do that tomorrow night. But you must understand before I read the scripture, Satan has his ear to the wind, listening for the faintest whisper of hope to arise from the lips of the saints so that he can interfere. He can stop you. Again, this is a different message than I've ever preached. So we can demolish and disrupt the agenda of heaven because there's people in this room that God has been waiting to raise up and you've been on the perimeters too long. You treat revival as a movie theater experience. And God is saying, if this is going to explode, there are some in this room that he is trying to touch you with a mantle and with a burden. And I will dare say to you that if when you prayed that prayer a few moments ago and did not feel anything, there's an issue. Because I hear the tectonic plates shifting in this revival. And I'm speaking prophetically. So what I'm about to share with you, the ministry of the midwife, you have to understand. I hear the sound of a nursery being built in this house, not a natural nursery with children. I have two grandsons, Anderson and Jack. I'm telling you, they get to do whatever they want. I don't even remember what I was like as a parent because they get away with whatever they want. My son looks at me and goes, what happened to you? <laughs> we have a spank-free zone. I'm going to get kicked out of a hotel eventually because I FaceTime with them every night and I love to scream because it bothers the parents. <laughs> Last night at midnight, did it. But I hear the sound of a nursery in this room of the lost, the newborn children, but I hear the sound of the nursery in America, the screams of the aborted. The Bible says this. Go back to Exodus with me if you would. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 1 verse 20. See, I've learned that every time God wants to change a generation, somebody gives birth. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives, everybody say midwives feared God, he gave them their own family. In other words, what I'm willing to help someone else push through and deliver, he's going to give back to me. I'm going somewhere. And there is a special anointing that is lost in the church today. 
and it's called the ministry of the midwife. This anointing is what has helped to usher in great revivals of the past. It's the ones that will stay. It's the ones that will fight. Let me give you the job of a midwife so you'll understand what that is because some of you have never heard, but the job of a midwife. A woman who helps a woman in childbirth. A midwife may often have been an older relative or friend of the family. A part of her duties are described in Ezekiel 16 as cutting the umbilical cord, washing the baby with water, rubbing it with salt, and wrapping it in swaddling clothes. The key role of the midwife, I'm just giving you this little definition because I studied it and I wanted to share that and show that I study. Now watch is to protect the child and mother, to provide encouragement and expertise in the aspect of birthing, to create an environment of conducive to birthing, to be the ones that ensure safe passage for the new child. They were given the joy of naming the child. Again, I'm preaching the ministry of the midwife, so you've got to get a hold of this. In fact, you have to understand, it is an anointing that if it's done right, very few will know your names, but heaven will shout your name. In fact, you have to understand, it doesn't mix with today's Christian leadership model. It doesn't mix with the celebrity Christianities of today. In fact, you have to realize that, that there's a moment in the day and age of celebrity-driven Christianity, it makes, it, it doesn't work, that it, it, it makes the arrival of the called look more like a movie premiere, taking selfies as they walk into the house of God on a red carpet stained by the martyrs of those who once stood for truth and holiness. The message like this doesn't work in a normal church because nobody wants to hear about being left off to the side and learning how to cheer when you're not center stage and learning how to know you were a part of birthing something even though it doesn't have your name, but you get to name it. There's an anointing of those that stand at the back door, those that walk into the bedroom at night and lay hands on their children. And no one may never know your name. You may never write a book. But you have to understand, there's two ladies I'm going to tell you about in a moment that made it into what's called the book of names, the holiest name of the Jewish culture. They didn't belong there, but because they were willing to stand up for something, I'm looking for somebody in this room that doesn't get offended every time somebody stands up and says that cultural issues is a sin. Oh, we don't, don't say that. We've got to love. No, you've got to preach the truth. And if you don't preach the truth, people don't get free. And we dance around ideas ideas and concepts and we dance around perversion and culture and we dance while the world is being brash we're being bashful because we don't want to lose people and do you care if I preach this and we must hold on to the words of Christ when he said in Matthew 24, verse 8, this is how the first contractions and birth pains of the new age will begin preaching about giving birth tonight. You can expect to be persecuted, even killed, for you'll be hated by all nations because of your love for me. Hello, America. Don't ask God to let you give birth unless you're prepared to die, according to the scripture. So let's start here. Let me just hit this for a second. There is a disturbance in the kingdom. A couple of days ago, I had just flown in from Asia. Karen and I, we ministered there. Abby, we were exhausted. 13-hour time zone difference. And I woke up on Wednesday morning, prepared with another message I was going to preach tonight. But I heard Spirit, Holy Spirit, say to me, go pray. So I got out of bed. I drank my five-hour energy Pentecostal whiskey. May have drank too. Makes me a little shaky, but I'm awake. <laughs> and I went up to my prayer room at my house where I write books, where I pray, where I go after God. And I began to hear, I heard something in my spirit. And all of a sudden at 7.24 a.m. in my home, I heard a scream jumped up, being of sound mind and a redneck, I'm ready to fight. I may not even have had a shirt on. 
fits in with the South. We don't fight with the shirts on for some reason, which is weird. Rednecks get in fight, they just start taking off clothes. They're like, bro, you'll get scratched. I ran downstairs and I ran first to my daughter's bedroom, sound asleep, 7.24 a.m. Again, we were recovering from jet lag. Ran into master bedroom, Karen sound asleep. I had heard a scream, it was piercing. It, 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 it shook me to my core. I thought, my God, what was that? It was real, it was audible. Again, this was just a couple days ago. Searched the house. I finally, I went back up to my prayer room and I thought, what was that? So I looked up, I had heard this cry. I had wrote down 7.24 a.m. Whenever something happens, I write down the numbers. So immediately I typed in to, to my Bible program, 7.24, and a scripture came up. And I didn't understand it exactly. And it's Matthew 7.24. Therefore, anyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the Lord said, I've got a word for you. So then I got out my pen and I began to write. And the Lord spoke something to me. Can I share with you what he spoke to me? literally after I heard the cry, the scream, a very real scream, an audible scream in my house. In fact, Karen later told me that at 3 o'clock in the morning, she heard a voice in our bedroom say, Pat, Pat. She raised up and it was gone. I'm praising the Lord she didn't wake me up. So she came after, when she got up, I said, I got to tell you what the Lord just shared with me. Let me read this scripture to you. The cry that you heard is the birth, is that of birth pains. The birth pains have begun. The water has broken. The bride is in labor. Call forth the midwives to grab the towels and the water. The time has come for deliverers to arrive. Prepare for the sons and daughters to come forth. These will be those that will usher in the greatest harvest the world has ever seen. Tell my midwives, again, I had never studied a midwife. Tell my midwives their time has come. The birth of the new newborn shall come quickly. They must come from their places of normality and be prepared to hold the hand to those that are ushering in the harvest. They will be the protectors of the innocent, the propagators of new life, and guardians of the, of the sacred trust called delivery. For without the midwives, we will not see the revelation of all that is to come. Open the door, for the midwives have arrived. How many of you received that word? And I said, Lord, okay. So I began to write the ministry of the midwives. Let me say this to you. Understand, just before giving birth to something great, agitation is a sign that birth is upon us. Some of you in this room have felt agitated lately. It's like you're frustrated. It's like you're chewing rocks. It's like you're brushing up against everything. It's like nothing feels right. There's an agitation in your spirit. If you've been feeling that lately, it's because God is trying to push you to another level. If you've been hard to live with, well, you're just hard to live live with but you have to understand when God begins to stir you up and he's saying I'm calling you up it's what I heard down here he said there's a noise upstairs then we sang all the songs come up come up arise you have to understand in this room there are people that have been perimeter for too long and Holy Spirit is taking you like a shepherd's rod with a nook and he's trying to pull you in and say I need you to rise up you do have a place in this movement you do have a place even if it's just Letting your hand get bruised while somebody gets, gives birth. Very different word. Never preached anything like this before in my life. And God began to take me on scripture verses. When he spoke this to me, I went to Romans chapter 8 verse 19. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against it, well, the universe itself has, has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. So this message is for those that have felt agitated. I've been there for a year. Something's not right. You feel the yearning for more. Am I talking to anybody? Somebody shout. You're unhappy with your present lot in life. It's like, 
Been to Revival. I even got the T-shirt, but there's more for me. It's like if somebody would just extend the scepter, I would. But surely God can't use me. Pat, if you just knew my past... If you just knew what I came out of, I'm just happy to be in a house like this because I've gone to dead church. I've been to other places. I don't fit into my old church. In fact, I came to this revival, left, and said they're crazy. And then I went to my old church and realized because they didn't have a move of God, they're the ones that are crazy. I ended up back up here. My own family won't show up here with me. But I feel like there's more. Those are who I'm preaching to tonight. Those, those that are saying maybe we've stepped into something. But can I tell you something? Your lack of coming into this and being a part of it is stopping the birth of the next move. You feel like you're created for more, but it seems so far away. And in the distance, you hear a knock at the door and you don't understand it. And it's Holy Spirit. And one of my favorite quotes, it's in uh, the last two books, is from Pastor Paul himself when he said, frustration and agitation are the mother of intercession. See, I do listen to you. But I need to tell you, I've never given you credit till tonight because it's you're here. That's how we roll. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 24, for creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected and hoped that creation would be liberated from its bondage and brought into the glorious freedom of God. In other words, God is frustrating you. He's making things not good anymore. You used to be happy treating church like the once-a-week gathering, or for some of you, every three-week gathering, because you got to go to a Diamondbacks game. you got to do kids' soccer. But now it's like there's something different inside of you, like you're realizing there has to be more to this breath of life that we have. I have to make the dash on my tombstone count. I want to walk into heaven with nothing left to do. And God is stirring you. And he's saying, I've got more. There's another chapter that I'm trying to flip the page. But you keep saying, hold on, I'm not done reading. And God says, you're done. I'm flipping the chapter. I'm trying to take you into the next. And as God suddenly arouses you from your normal, he waits until you're close to nodding off and knocks on the door. It's Song of Solomon. Don't read that book unless you're married. Pretty pornographic. Now watch. I can't believe I said that. But I remember when Nate was growing up, I said, you can read everything but Song of Solomon. You ain't ready. But the Bible says, after this, I let my devotion slumber. But my heart for him stayed awake. I had a dream. I dreamed of my beloved. He was come to me in the darkness of night. The melody of the man I love awakened me. I heard this knock at my heart's door as he pleaded with me. Arise, my love. Open your heart, my darling. Deeper still to me. Will you receive me this dark night? And that's what I heard the Holy Spirit saying. I'm walking towards them. I'm knocking on the door. I want them to hear the cries once again. But they won't step. And the knock you hear at the door of your heart is that of a wounded Savior desperately trying to find a bride that is awakened to his presence and ready for him to be the head of the house once again. And you have to understand, it's the midnight cry, as mentioned in Matthew chapter 25. And the Lord says, do you not discern the times? How your devotion has slumbered. What's happened to you? And as God woke me up on Wednesday morning, as I'm just up having my private prayer time, I was just praying, and I hear the scream in my house. I said, Lord, what is that? He says, don't you discern the times. Church, if I can say this to you, if not now, when? Do you know what kind of place we are becoming as a nation? And the slumber of the bride is caused a release of the unprecedented plunder of God's storehouse and harvest by the enemy. The enemy is now unabated. The church that once stood guard and stood its ground has now gone underground for fear of being exposed by our lack of purpose. 
Politicians are running wild with the lives of the unborn. What you have to understand, many times what's happening in the natural is happening in the spiritual. We are just getting the bandwidths, the bandwaves of what's going on in the supernatural. And that is what is going on. And not everyone can perceive this because when God begins to speak to you about what's going on in the spirit, and if you turn on the news, you'll just get angry or you'll go, oh, they shouldn't do that. Let's change the channel. Let's go binge watch some Netflix show over here. Let's go watch something that doesn't make me think, make me wake up to this thing. And God is saying, where is my bride? I didn't bring you in here just so you can dance and worship and praise and shout. I brought you in here to rise up as a holy army. I looked over here to night I saw an army coming out of the ground he said but you've gone quiet on me because you got fear you've been told you're a bigot if you stand up for this you've been told you that, that leave it alone don't mess with the life of the unborn can I preach something like this because my spirit is stirred just as a revival is breaking out in the children's ministry department where you've got children preaching that's not happening in any other church in America in any other church in America what's happens here at this house on revival weekend but it's what 1 Corinthians 2.14 says someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelation of God's spirit for they make no sense to, uh, to him he can't understand the revelations of the Holy Spirit because they're only discovered by the illumination of the spirit can I say this too we are living in a day and I'm going to preach this for a second because I heard the scream of someone giving birth I heard the scream of something coming forth I said Lord what is that he said you're going to preach that at a fresh start if you never preach it again you're going to preach it at a fresh start on Friday night I said but Lord we, we, I, I want to preach the new book that we're going to be, right, I want to do it. The Lord said, you are to deliver this in that house and tell them by the time we get done with this service, you're not only going to hear the cries of loss, but you yourselves will be a part of giving birth to something bigger than you. If you believe it, give my God a shout. I got to preach. And when we live in a day and age where the rights of the unborn end, not only at conception, but when they arrive on a cold table of delivery, something is wrong. When states all over America have suddenly decided it's okay to kill children when they're born. In fact, in New York, who started this rampage, where the, the woman sitting next to the governor there was the very woman that argued Roe v. Wade. And then as they announced it on television, they, a video went out of the General Assembly in New York clapping and applauding and cheering as, as they announced that it's okay to kill children. And yet all of us, we just keep having church. The 46th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, the governor holding a signing ceremony earlier tonight in Albany. Was to kill children after they're born. The bill was first introduced. And now in states are rising up and saying, no, we're going to stop this. And they're getting threats from Disney and Netflix saying, we're going to pull out of your state. And I want to say to Disney and Netflix, you film in nations where they kill you if you're homosexual. You live in nations where they hold people down and they put babies to death. You hold, you, you film your programs. But because a state like Georgia says enough, so I'm looking for somebody that will rise up and say, you know what? I'm tired of being quiet. I'm tired of laying down. I I hear the sounds of children coming forth in the spirit. And the attack doesn't stop there. The very sexual identity assigned to each of us is now up for debate. You say, oh, you're a hater. No, I'm not. I'm a fighter. From the war zone to the of the schoolyard to Christian bigotry at the highest platform, God's saying, what's it going to take to wake you up? Is this church going to keep having revival but not let them affect? Or I'm not attacking. I need you to know my heart. I heard the scream. With Congress removing so help me God from every committee room, to passing the Equality Act, which basically says it doesn't matter if you have standards, our perversion matters. To anarchy and unrest from the marching in the streets, 
is not the sound of the onward Christian soldiers of old, but instead it's the sound of wounded sons and daughters screaming, give me inheritance. What are you talking about? From the dumbing down of a generation with an opioid crisis to the hallucinogen crisis to the, to the stupefying of a nation. You have to get what I'm saying. We must once again have spiritual insight that there's a war against what's going on. And I'm telling you this because I can't preach this in 99% of the churches in America. God is saying fresh start will you catch a burden for this nation will you rise up I heard the Lord say he would raise up congressmen he would raise up senators in this section I heard the Lord say to me we must have spiritual insight in the day of self-help sermons that righteous warriors would arise with humility and holiness that discern the time. I love 1 Corinthians 2.13. It says in the NIV, this is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught to us by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. What are you talking about, Pat? As I was writing this message, I text Pastor John Kilpatrick, who's a father in my life, and I text him, and I told him what had happened, how I heard the scream at 7.24 a.m am this last Wednesday in my house and I said I don't understand it God said I heard this scream and then the Lord said it's the sound of the ministry of the midwives I'll get deeper into that in just a moment but you have to understand without the midwives we would not have a Moses you have to understand God wants to raise up deliverers but he needs somebody that'll stand at the door of the house again saying turn that garbage off he needs somebody that will be protectors he needs somebody that will cut the umbilical cord he needs somebody that will name the next generation. This revival started in a youth movement on a Sunday night. This revival's very core was about a generation rising up that would touch the land. But God says, I'm looking for somebody that will stand up in this place and will shift how we do Friday nights, that you'll stand at that door and pray in the Holy Ghost. That when people get out of their cars and they come walking in because they got a neon sign called revival calling them to waken up, that you'll be standing out there. We've got to shift how we do it in here. Here. There's another level coming. You want to see miracles? I know what it's like to fight for my wife last year when she was diagnosed with leukemia. And I went dark. And I don't owe anybody an explanation. Because when you go into depth and you start praying in the Holy Ghost, it ain't about who you can know or text. You don't really give a rip anymore. But while I was writing this message, I thought this is the weirdest message I've ever wrote. I just heard a scream in my house. Even checked on my Yorkie because she's demon possessed. Huh? She's been known to do crazy stuff. She's out. Sleeps like this. She doesn't sleep at the groomers well while we're gone. And I text Pastor John Kilpatrick, and this is what he sent me back. He said, son, the harvest can't be far. It has to be right at the door. I'm preaching part three on God's Avengers. I don't encourage people to see the movie because he didn't know I was going to show this. Because of the profanities, but the arts are imitating life. It's what I just said. God is now in the process of raising up leaders, political as well as preachers, that are about to merge as society has never seen. This, this came right after I heard the scream when I texted him. He said, the 144,000 in Revelation, when they are sealed and sent out, no plague, demonic entity, or vile judgment can touch them. They are literally immune to what the inhabitants of earth are, 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 are affected by. They are the avengers that will cause the greatest revival that, that earth has ever seen and it happens in Israel during the tribulation period as the times become more and more vicious that's when the greatest jaw-dropping breakthroughs and victories will occur God will not let things escalate without having a super anointed super sealed servants of the Most High to carry out God's work I totally relate to what you're telling me but remember the political world and the religious world are totally uh, are totally not prepared for for the season that is about to break forth and I text him back, wow. <laughs> I went back to studying in the kindergarten. 
Church, the Lord sent me here tonight. Where's the God-fearing midwives? Every time God wants to change a generation, somebody gives birth. And I'm going I'm to close here in a minute, believe it or not. Because I didn't understand this. There's a cry coming from a generation. And the Lord said this word would be for this house, but also for your home. A warrior spirit that'll rise up, that'll pray in the Holy Ghost over your children again. The anointing was never for you to drink, it was for you to wear. And some of you gotten fat on the anointing. And God's saying, I'm looking for an army to rise. The Lord spoke to me during the service. I've t I wrote it in my phone. He said, it's noisy up here. They're watching. Heaven is watching this house. But in your desire to give birth, you forgot to be a midwife first. Because if you'll be a midwife first, he'll let you give birth. I'll prove it. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, Then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far numerous to us, too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous, and if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Pithom and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. Some of you are so afraid of tribulation, but the church has always grown during tribulation. Some of you are so worried about what's going on in America, but you need to understand the church grows greatest at night. Ask China. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them ruthlessly. It's time to multiply amidst, amidst the persecution. Look what it goes on to say. Verse 15. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shipra and Pua. I can be honest with you, until God woke me up with a scream a couple days ago, I had never heard of these people. I'm sure I've read them, but they just didn't land. Amen. <laughs> it's like the baguettes. Next page. The only people that read baguettes are Bible quizzers. God bless him. Karen was a Bible quizzer. Got a huge trophy. And when you... <laughs> and I looked their names up. They mean nothing. You could have helped me. Like it had been so awesome if their name meant one who stands up and one who fights against or something like that. Nada. Maybe it's because God is raising up the ones whose name mean nothing. Maybe it's because God's raising up the ones that you ain't never heard of. They ain't got no big last name. They haven't been known by everybody. They don't have the followers on social media because they're willing to be in the room helping somebody push, helping somebody else fight, helping somebody else saying, hang in there, baby. It's going to end soon. There's life coming out of you. Don't you give up? Maybe it's because God is going to use the ones you ain't never heard of. But I must tell you, there's called the Hebrew Book of Names. It's one of the most sacred books to the Jewish culture, and in it are the patriarchs. Their names are in it. Because they stopped the Holocaust of a generation. Oh, by the way, I say that. 
And he goes on to say, the king of Egypt said to Hebrew midwives whose names were Shipra and Pua, or nothing and nothing. <laughs> My name's Patrick, it means noble, so nair. Paul's name of him is like there is no other. Anyway, I made that up. Now watch. <laughs> By the way, my son was reading a Bible story to our grandson Jackson last night. He was reading about David and Saul and, and, and Goliath. And he's reading the scripture and, and, and little Jack, who's four years old, interrupted him. And he said, his name isn't Saul. He changed it to Paul. <laughs> and he goes, no, Jack, that's, that's another Saul, Paul. He said, well, that's weird. <laughs> True story. We have some brilliant offspring. <laughs> when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Do you know this is the first time in history recorded civil disobedience? First time. And yet we're quiet in America. Well, Roe v. Wade got it right, didn't they? 1972-73, vote of 7 to 2. No. Just like they didn't get it right 98 years earlier in Dred Scott versus Board of Education and voted 7 to 2 when they said an African-American man is not a complete man. I don't need the court sitting in D.C. to tell me what the kingdom courts tell me. Are you with me? But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. <laughs> I'm not stopping there. I'm going to keep going. So, so God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all of his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born must be thrown into the Nile, but let it, into the Nile, but let every girl live. Who was Shipper and Pua? It was actually believed to be mother and daughter. And maybe you've heard of them before. Jochebed and Miriam, the mother of Moses, the sister of Moses. You're not getting what I'm saying. When you're willing to protect the next generation, God will allow you to be a part of raising up a deliverer. When you're willing to walk through your house and say, not in my house. When you're willing to look at your kids and say, I don't care how old you think you are. You're getting your tail out of bed. We're going to worship this morning. You ain't in charge, baby. When you're willing to walk in the spirit. When you're willing, when you're cleaning house, to listen to the whisper of the Holy Ghost. Because Matthew 10, 27 says, what I whisper to you in the dark, you'll proclaim from the rooftops. When you're willing to walk through your house, and God says, go look in that drawer in your daughter's room and you'll find something because you needed to do war and break that thing off right there. But Pat, you know, I don't want to offend my kids. Let me tell you something. You apologize to them now or you'll apologize to them when they don't make it to heaven. But there comes a moment where you begin to rise up and when you're willing to protect what others won't protect, when you leave it to eight hours a day in a school district to be taught indoctrination, God is saying, I'm looking for families to rise up in this place, not just protect the revival, but protect the womb of revival in your own home. You may not know who they are. Hebrews 11:23. faith prompted the parents of Moses at birth to hide him for three months because they realized their children was exceptional and they refused to be afraid of the king's order. Miriam, his own sister, who would rise up at a prophet, as a prophetess, she would sing in Exodus 15, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He is hurled into the sea. Listen to what I'm saying. But God, the Bible says the midwives feared God more than they feared man's opinion. The midwives rose up. 
and God is looking for midwives in this room. And you have to understand these are those that will arise and protect the innocent again. These are those that will guard against the intruders. These are those that will cut the umbilical cord. These are those that will name the next generation. I'll close. These are those that will not rest till you see deliverance. These are those that will quit showing up 20 minutes after worship starts. These are those that will stand in the foyer and you'll pray in the Holy Ghost until you get a neon sign over somebody's head to go and break something off of them. These are those that will walk in the authority. They are happy watching birth and find satisfaction in seeing others give birth because they know, they know their day is coming because if they'll help bring forth new life in others, then God will eventually bring forth new life in their own house. Oh, you're not getting this yet. Midwives were not allowed to have their own children. But when they stood up, when they made up their mind to fight for against what the king was trying to do, God says, I'm going to break the law for you. I'm going to give you what you don't even allow to have. The midwives, there was one and there was two. One had the order to dress. The other one had the order to do what was called the whisper. What is the whisper? Oh, you're not getting this yet. They had two assignments when a baby came out. One was to wrap it and dress it, rub salt on it. I don't know why they did that, but anyway, Southern. We put salt on biscuits. I mean, on... cut me, I bleed salt. But then the other one was to be the whisperer. What was the whisperer? It wasn't just those that would go, oh, you're so cute. It was the one that was ready to give mouth to mouth. If the baby didn't breathe, it's Job 33 verse 4, the Spirit of God made me, but the breath of God gives me life. God says, I'm looking for someone that will clothe the generation and breathe the breath of God back into them and tell them that they're going to be all right. You made it through the passage and the canals of life. You're in this place. I'm about to raise you up. And if you'll stand there and freely give that child over after you help it give birth, then God says, I will bring forth something in your own home. This night is about the scream in the atmosphere. What was the scream? God says, the world is in labor. And God is bringing forth the midwife's spirit. And without the midwife, everything is stillborn. The next move of God will not only be led by the daughters and the sons of revival, but by those who helped bring them into the world that are willing to stay till it's birthed. A spirit that fights for birthing righteousness. They ignore the laws of man when the law of God is at work. Are you telling me to go out and get arrested? No, but someday we might. If you'll become a midwife to the next move of God, when they graduate into their anointing, you'll be able to stand against the wall and go, I knew it. I knew it. I saw something in them. I breathed into them when they were little. And so the Bible says, Verse 20, so God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Who needs your family healed in this room? Who needs your family healed? And these two women whose names mean nothing, their names are written in the book of names, the Hebrew book of names. And there's something powerful about a new birth that's why God's that's why Jesus said I tell you the truth no one can see the kingdom of heaven unless they're born again it's John 3 8 for the spirit of wind blows as it chooses you can hear its sound but you cannot know where you do not know where it has comes from or where it's going so it is with everyone within the hearts of those who are spirit born I'm 
done, I'm done. Probably the most different message I've ever preached. But I heard the Lord in my house at 7.24 a.m. And he then took me to the scripture that said, this will be the foundation of the house, the foundation of the move of God. And when I heard the scream, I said, what is that? He said, it's the birthing sound. I said, what do we do next? Then, Lord, he said, call for the midwives. Those that will come up here every service and fight through your lethargy and your Friday and your garbage listening till you get to the exit on your radio. And you'll put on your little revival t-shirt because there's gonna come a day when revival's not cool. And that's when we find out if you're branded there's going to come a day when there may be family that turn their back on you. But the Lord says, if you will scream, push. If you will scream, hold on, baby. What God's put in in you is coming out. If you'll fight in your house and protect the doors of this house, there's a righteous seed that's going to rise up. And I'll close with this. You say, this is different. What does it mean to me? It means go home. And if you'll take three days off that garbage you've been binge watching, you won't feel like you have to finish watching it. He'll remove it out of your spirit. It means go home and walk up to your front door and anoint the front and the sides, put a helmet of salvation and say, no death angels coming in here. It means go home and say, I'm here to go back to my anointing again. Revival's not about me. It's about holding somebody's hand and getting them free. It's about walking around this place. It means standing up in this place. It means walking out in the foyer and not racing to get to your car to beat the crowd at the exit. Instead, standing out there and walking in the spirit and listening to the Holy Ghost. It means running over to this youth section that dances a little faster and stronger than you and running over and dancing beside them saying, come on sons and daughters of revival rise up and lead this movement it means whispering to them you're going to make it it means walking through this place and if you'll defile what culture tells you to do and you'll defile what government says about the unborn and if you'll stand up and say go Alabama, go Georgia go Missouri, go to the states that are saying no more and even if you get attacked and they come at you on Twitter, Twitter ain't never stab nobody ask our president are you ready because when I was standing over there the Lord said ask him if he's ready because there's a higher office for you you're being groomed by the Holy Ghost right now my God, I feel this. You're being groomed. And others have prophesied and you've said, shh, be quiet. But the Lord says you're being groomed for something bigger than you ever imagined. Just as God brought in a prime minister in Australia that's spirit-filled, he can do it in Arizona. And the Lord says, you're being groomed. Don't you allow anything to go past your desk that he doesn't want. You're the gatekeeper. Why would I preach this weirdest message I ever preached? Because during the whole abortion thing, I got angry, but I said nothing. Got too many followers to do that. Come help me, worship team. The Lord says there is midwives rising up in this place. And if you will steward the revival, if you whisper into the ear of the person, I'm gonna see who does it. If you lean over and whisper to the person sitting next to you and say, push. Hey, Todd, there's my buddy, Todd. Todd worked in my youth ministry 20, 30 years ago. Love you, Todd, proud of you. Proud of you, partner. 
Those are fun days in Indiana, Whitley. I love you. Can I show you a video that was an accident? I opened my phone up and I wanted to text Pastor Kilpatrick and all of a sudden this video popped up that he sent me on December 2nd and I'm embarrassed to say I probably said awesome but never watched it. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> you put awesome, they don't know if you watched it. It's like, oh. And he had sent it to me on December the 2nd. And on 11-11, God gave him a prophetic word. And I watched it right when I finished writing this message. And then you called. And I need to show this video to you and then we'll close. But I need to know something before we show Is there anybody in this room willing to be a midwife? That means you show up when you're sick. That means you're all in. That means you're a giver, not a complainer. That means you're a life where you're whispering to the ears of those that are giving birth. You can do this. Can you imagine if I'd leaned into Karen's ear and said, just stop? She'd have said, get out. But that's been happening in the church for a long time. Calm down. Just stop. It ain't time for that. Don't disrupt this. You ain't gonna get raised up on a platform talking like that. Go get your skinny jeans on. God wants to use you in a different way. Watch this video. It's time for the righteous seed to come forth. I had not seen this video until I finished writing this sermon. I have already marked your seed. They shall not be outside, but they will be inside the ark of my presence. You have become drunk with the cares of this life, and you are troubled in mind and spirit, says the Lord. You are troubled by the things you have come to believe will be beyond your reach. But you must know that I have heard your prayers from the first day you came to me with tears and a trembling heart about your concerns. I have already answered the very thing that you are anxious about. Your seed will touch many. They have been chosen from long ago. They will emerge at the hour of my choosing. These children of yours will be almost unrecognizable to you because I will anoint them to do exploits. Wait, no, somebody to stand up in this they room. They will know me and they will accomplish all I have laid my hand on them to do. Not only will they do great things, but they will be in the company of those I am raising up who also will do great things. They will be friends with mighty evangelists. They will be friends with anointed psalmists, as well as highly anointed, influential Christian leaders. And God said your children and your grandchildren will meet together regularly to share amazing stories of breakthrough and answered prayers. And some of their stories, God said, will even exceed your own stories. I have declared this to be so, even before you were wed, they will become even greater than you can imagine. They have my name already stamped upon their hey. forehead and shall go in and out of places where others cannot go. As for you, you have fretted and grieved about what kind of footprint you will leave behind. God said, oh, but you cannot yet see what I have in store for you. Your previous footprint cannot compare to what God is going to do. I have already declared your end from your beginning. You are attempting to see in a dark place where my glory has not yet fully arisen upon what I'm going to do with you. You're looking through a glass darkly. My golden light will arise upon you and shall be seen upon you. Just as with Sarah of old, your last trimester 
is going to produce far greater than you have ever known. The thing that I'm birthing in you, I'm giving you the authority to tend to, to care for, and to bring to fruition the things that I have promised you, not somebody else. After a short travail, you will attend to what you have been carrying that no one else could see. What you knew as a sketch will all be filled in with bold lines and dramatic color and framed just for this season of your life. What you once despised will be displayed as a complete work of my grace and glory. The things that you had to go through that caused you tears and heartbreak and anguish and even a loss of confidence and at times a loss of faith, God said what you once despised, that season that you had to go through, will now be on display like a piece of art on the easel. Come on! And it will be a completed work of my grace and my glory. Your voice will be heard. Your halting lack of confidence will melt away. I will cause your voice to carry others, and your words will become beams of light for those still struggling, like you once struggled for so long, caught between yesterday and today. Do not attempt to look into my glorious plans because your eye can't see, and your ear can't yet hear, and it's not yet entered into your mind what I'm going to do. What I have for you has appeared to you as a bucking stallion that you are unable to get on and ride. But when you finally mount the season that I've been preparing for you, you'll find out it wasn't a horse at all that wasn't ready. It was you. You'll mount up with ease, and your latter footprint will be far greater than all the previous misunderstood years. ride with me in that day that I have declared and revealed unto you. This day I have measured you, I have marked you and yours, and I will give you my hidden manna so that you may have the strength for the days ahead. Rejoice! I have not only hidden you in my pavilion, but I have hidden your sons and your daughters, and they shall abide under the shadow of my wings. more able to perform what I have promised. Come on, church. Jesus said, what can I say of this generation? We sang a song for you and you did not sing. We danced a dirge for you and you did not cry. tell you to preach on midwives. Because if you listen closely, we're in travail right now. Building that back section back there wasn't bookmark or a bookend for the revival. stood right here and the heavens were open and I'm like my phone just putting down things come up higher you know how rare it is for me to walk into a place in an open heaven this house has it but the Lord is saying to this place have to do to wake you up to your purpose hold on no music I'm so sorry I asked you to play and I didn't mean it eyes shut we're going to pray the prayer we prayed earlier and we're going to see what God does because in this room in this area are those that he's going to raise up those that he's going to anoint for such a time as this, those that he has been preparing, those that others have not seen, those that carry greatness. He's there in this room. In this room, they are in 
here. This is a revitalization of a generation in this room. Those that will stand up and aren't afraid of what others say about them because they are a part of the midwife army. They're going to scream until birthing forth. They're going to protect the seed. They're going to be a part of something because they said, I want God to do in my family what no one... Eyes shut. Before we give the call to recognize the cross, we must do this first. Pray this out loud. Jesus, let me hear what heaven is screaming. Let me hear the screams of the birth pains. Pray this, say, let me hear the cries of the children in the womb. Say, Jesus. I understand my frustration. I was created to help others give birth and my house will be healed. Jesus, we're not done. Say, Jesus, let me hear the cries of the spiritually aborted in this nation. If you're willing to join the army of the midwife, the no name, the civil disobedience, those that will stand up and say enough's enough. We will declare identity. We will breathe breath into the next generation. If you're willing to stand up and say, if it costs me everything, I will stand up. If you're willing to do that, then you must join me in an army I've never called forth in 30 years of ministry. I'm looking for the midwives to come forth in this place that will come up and say, God can trust me to hold their hands. But as you're walking, you're going to catch a burden. As you're walking, something's going to rise up of a protective order, an anointing of only like that of a mother that says, not in my house. If you're willing to take on the mantle to protect what God is doing in this house and in your house, run to the front now.